The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. We're hanging on to some gains amid some broad-based selling in Europe uh, following yesterday's 1,000-point swing in the Dow. A market hungry for more Omicron data. Meanwhile, jobless claims better than expected. Oil still near 65. Our roadmap begins with continued Omicron volatility. Stocks on track for that mixed open. The Dow's trying to claw back some of the losses after the biggest session reversal in more than a year. Plus, back to the skies after more than two years, China is clearing the path for Boeing 737 MAX to fly again. Shares are up on the news. And Apple's moving lower ahead of the open. The company reportedly telling suppliers that iPhone demand has slowed. But Jim never likes Apple supply chain rumors. I once dealt with a company that was a supplier. And I found out that... um, there seemed to be some weakness, and I tried to get it confirmed. Uh, any supplier who confirms that is immediately fired by Apple. So the idea that any supplier would say to a press, anyone in the press, that things are weakened uh, means that that supplier would no longer be a supplier. So that's a pretty big contract to lose. On the other hand, we have Goldman saying supply and demand have met each other, and we have Wedbush saying that supply cannot keep up with demand. So now you've got three organizations one of them is reporting something that has made it so whoever supplies, there will be now a witch hunt against. So I think that I'm going with the uh, Wedbush and the Goldman views. Remember, the largest buyers are the telcos. So if you know Vestberg and Sievert, Verizon and T-Mobile, oh. they know far more about demand than any supplier. And so far, I understand that they're still trying to meet demand. And don't forget Stanky. You left him out. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't know why. Because... I'm uh, arbitrary and capricious. Okay. AT&T is a pretty big buyer, too. But you're right. right. And we do know all those guys. Right. And those yeah. are the guys who are buying. If, if, look, if I heard from Hans Vestberg, listen, we are so full up with phones that we're not going to. I'm not hearing that call. I'm not getting that call. Maybe you're getting that call when you were down at Exxon getting many calls. No, I, I'm not getting that call. Well, okay. So let's just put it, look, put it out there. Again, my experience as a reporter and as an anchor was if a supplier actually confirms to the media that there's some weakness, that supplier is canceled. So I think that there will be someone canceled if that story is true. And I doubt that will happen. OK, this is real life that I had it happen. OK, I mean, OK, I'm saying that, that I'm not buying the Bloomberg. I understand that what you're saying. And I'm saying that I'm that buying clear. Wedbush. I'm buying Goldman. I think supply and demand could be, well, for all I know, that Apple double-ordered so that they wouldn't have missed. But I, I, I was recently That's with That's an interesting point. You should actually spend a moment on that. Well, when you want chips, no matter who you are, you know, there's a propensity to want to double-order. Um, so In this that, environment, so you make sure you're getting right, something. So you get your chips, right. and then once your uh, supply meets demand, you just say, listen, I've got all the chips I need. It does not necessarily mean weakness. Uh, maybe you want to tell a reporter that it means weakness. That is... Uh, 
that means that maybe Apple switched to another right, supplier. Right. So I'm just saying that while I don't think that uh, <laughs> Apple should have been up at 167, I would not sell it on this news. So you're saying it's it's like Rashomon, sort of everybody has their own it truth? It is like Rashomon. Yep. It is like Rashomon. It's hard to know exactly what the overall truth is. Absolutely. It does sort of remind us, speaking of all the supply chains today, I know you noticed Morgan Stanley cuts freight transportation because they see inventories building and prices coming down next year as a result. We had uh, Lance Fritz on yesterday. He said the opposite. He happens to be the CEO of Union Pacific. I'm trying to get to James Squires because I don't like the fact that he retired. He's younger than I am from Norfolk Southern. But uh, Apple warns suppliers, iPhone, no, Apple. Okay, Apple's, call, what? Apple's calling uh, Skyworks and saying, hey, listen, man, we're weak. We're in trouble. Is he making that, is, Apple, is Tim Cook making that call right now? Is he making that call? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he's prob- making that Liam, call. Hey, I don't Liam, know who is, Liam but Griffin. I also calling Liam Griffin don't and know saying, Liam, about the Liam, our sales are really weak. Is that's what ha- Liam's biggest supplier. Liam, we're in a jam here at Apple. Do you think that's happening? Is that what's happening? You clearly do not believe it is happening. Hock 10, listen, man, we don't need any more because things are bad. (laughs) I'm just not buying. Who else do we have to call? Right? Yeah. How about Corvo? Hey, Corvo, you might as well be Corvo. You might as well be tequila. We're in such trouble here. Cristiano, do we call him at Qualcomm too? (laughs) Get on the phone. Oh, my God. We're No, upside down. Qualcomm, listen to me. <laughs> we're in so tr- we're in such trouble here. We the, the let sarcasm is let me thick. Go. Let me get. Let me. Let, I, I, let, let's even go. How far down the chain should we go with with Qualcomm? Oh, no. Speak a little Portuguese. Should we play? Should I? Portuguese for excuse me. What's Portuguese for slow down? Um, so overall, then, what did you make of yesterday's reversal? Oh, it's and horrible. And now we got you know twenty Dow names in so-called well, I mean, oversold like, it is territory. Just unbelievable that anyone it, you know it started filtering out. Uh, when we heard about San Francisco, we heard about someone, and we, then we heard that the person was double vaccinated. So then we realized, well, let us, wait a second, let's do some more work on this. And it turns out that there are 47 million people who have gotten uh, COVID who are apparently not immunized. You're, it doesn't count. It's not immune. Don't you, look, you want to say that the Glaxo is a product? Well, Glaxo is very, very in. Uh, Wait, infancy. I'm sorry, you got to, again, for your 47 okay, for, million people who've gotten you the have, vaccine, but the vaccine is not Moderna no, or no, Pfizer no, or No, no, no vaccine. If you just got immunized by having COVID, oh, okay. the authorities told me last night that that immunization may not work against Omicron, okay? But no one's telling me that the vaccines don't have a good level. Hey, by the way, John, I was with someone who's a very high-level doctor, Johns Hopkins. How many, uh, vaccinated, how many people vaccinated have died at Hopkins, David? Um, none. Thank you. None. But there are many people who refuse to get vaccinated. I don't know, Coral. I just can tell you that if you think that we're not, by the, middle, by the end of the day, having more Omicron victims in this country, then I think you're dreaming. Sure. Um, 21% of adults uh, have had a booster, which essentially means you got 100 million people who are fully vaxxed but not boosted. Uh, and Merkel today this, uh, with some comments saying that essentially she believes that vaccination, as we've known it so far, is good for about nine months. So this is, they're trying to push boosters all around the world. Well, I think that when Dr. Topol, who I regard as being as good as Dr. Gottlieb on these things, when he, from Scripps Institute, when he came on Mad Money earlier this week, he said we shouldn't call it a booster. The fact is, is that the two-shot regimen was not, not good enough. So it's, it's always three been shot. three. It's always, always been three. three. And done. But our fabulous NIH, yes, again, facetious, the NIH-CDC combination of people who, to me, they're, they're, get the clown cars out. 
at this point. They, they did not tell us. Uh, Pfizer told me early on that you need three. And then, but Pfizer was worried about people talking about price gouging. Uh, and that Pfizer was trying to make extra. Even Pfizer was sensitive, but they said to me over and over again, you're going to need the third. You're going to need the third. Well, I mean, now the medical establishment is saying, listen, basically, they're worth three, but we only gave you two. Uh, that's now being used by the anti-vaxxers saying, hey, listen, they told us to get two. Now it's three. Is it going to be four? So there's just increasing evidence that the people who are anti-vaxxers keep getting ammo from the NIH. And I include Dr. Fauci. Uh, you and I did talk yesterday about some bullish scenarios that are floating around. JP Morgan went now, with my JP scenario. Morgan, uh, Kalanovic jumps in and says, wouldn't it be weird if this new variant actually accelerated us to the end of the pandemic with a mild uh, severity right. and would get you closer to seasonal flu, which would be positive for risk, yes, which well, would steepen the curve, right. uh, which would put value above growth? I know Omicron is apparently, David, yes. from here to here. Okay. And right. Delta is from here to here. Right. People no, didn't they, see that because they were looking at Well, it's at a this. podcast anyway. It, you're just talking about your head. It's a head yeah, cold. It's a head cold. Yeah. And the rest you should just consider to be pneumonia. So can cold trump pneumonia? Right. That's what you're I, betting I, I, on. I would only say at this point we still have a lot of questions about omnipotent. Right. Well, that's when, one way or the other. But so uh, therefore, in when fact, I, the vaccines may prove, prove when to be someone pops as effective. Up, or right. perhaps they won't. We don't know how quickly it spreads. We don't know a lot of things, and but it may be still a couple of weeks. Look what they're doing. They're selling Pfizer mm-hmm. and selling Moderna as if this one person in California is the one well, where Well, Moderna did move up, has moved up a lot. The futures were up. The Dow futures, which I don't know why we carry the Dow futures, but they were yeah, up 350 at 4 a.m. 350. But, I mean, what kind of stupid idiot Let's not overlook something else that happened this week, which is uh, Powell's testimony and the fact that that has crushed a lot of growth names. I mean, including... Salesforce. Oh my God! Which obviously, even with the guidance, did you see uh, that? Do you see uh, Fiverr, CrowdStrike, Ring Central? I know guys who've you know lost a lot Ring Central's of their like Zoom. year. Well, look, Octa on, reported on names like that. Octa, Jim. Octa reported great numbers. And it numbers. wasn't Omicron. It was sorry. Okay. It was Powell. No, that's true. Octa reported a great number and with revenue acceleration of forty percent. I was not expecting forty percent. Thought about thirty-eight, thirty-nine. What do we get? We get price target cuts. Octa. CrowdStrike, which is on Mad Money tonight. Really amazing number. This is a cloud-based uh, cybersecurity. Yes. They crushed it, and the stock is getting crushed. And all the, all the lending analysts, as Dave used to call them, are all cutting the price target. Okay? Now, why are they cutting the price? George, I talked, you know, George going back and forth this morning. Yep. George going to tell him, George why are they cutting up. it? Because of Powell. Because people decided high multiple yes. has to go. Yes, and that's the point I was trying to make, and I appreciate you helping me make it. How about Exxon? <laughs> what about Exxon? I trump you with Chevron. Chevron announces an increase uh, in their buyback. Buyback, yes, I saw That's that. That's why the investment club bought a little Chevron ahead of time. Uh, but that crowd, strikes, that crowd strike, wow, that was a quick fall. Yeah. The crowd strike's quarter was great. Ooh. It was great. It was great. Three months ago, pre-PAL, pre-worries, crowd strike would be up 10% yep. right now. And I'd be so excited to have them on. Splunk, not so much. No. No. Suboptimal. It's been a suboptimal situation it since uh, Doug Murray left. Yeah. Well, of which there's been no real full, full of vetting of why a person who has been Splunk suddenly leaves Splunk. What's the vetting there? Ooh, that is. He's there. I, he's know, on mad money. He's run the company, and then he's gone. Yeah. Now, what, what, what's that? I don't know. I mean, I there are there continue to be. I know there's talk about. Well, could this thing ever get sold? Splunk. Yeah. 
It's old technology. It hasn't totally. It hasn't. So you don't necessarily. Well, no, think it's, there's a buyer it hasn't there. completely. I mean, there gotten, may be bankers anxious well, they, to try and sell it, but that's what they do. Well, for look, a I get it. there's not a real CEO, right? Part-time interim CEO. Uh, the problem with Splunk is that they're trying to convert to a more subscription model, and you want to get in there ahead of time. When Salesforce has been buying subscription models like Slack and got just got slacked when they reported, which, by the way, can I go over that, that for one moment, David? Yes, that guidance was the most low-ball guidance in history, and it crushed the stock. It's probably not done being crushed. Yeah, uh, B of A yesterday noted that uh, CRM tends to beat it in Q4 historically by the most. They tend to crush uh, it. Last year they, they guided 16. They ended up doing 20. Yeah, well, they just beat their last guidance by 30 cents. Now, it's not like Mark. I think also people were worried about Mark retiring and Brett Taylor coming in. Uh, they were worried about that when Keith Block became co-CEO. Uh, David, I'm going to reassure you that Benio's not going anywhere. Mark's not going anywhere? No. I can rest easy. I feel better now. I really do. Darren Woodson. What does that have to do yeah, with Mark Benioff? What? So, what? What? You saw you had a great interview with Darren Woods, and I keep thinking that the most important issue out there is an incredible transformation of our oil industry from being by far the worst polluters in the world to having more conscience about pollution. Yeah. Than uh, any Philip industry. Morris is out with comments. The Philip Morris out this morning saying we've done a better job in aggregate than the oil companies. Oh, jeez. The oil companies. Look, I, I, I said that the oil companies were uninvestable. And guys like, uh, oh. guys like Sheffield, a pioneer, yeah. uh, guys like Worth, I remember when yeah, you guys said like that. Worth, they all came to me and they said, listen, we hear you, man. It's not that I'm like some sort of grand inquisitor ally Dostoevsky. No, but you also were reflecting the fact that there is a lot of capital that's being diverted away from them. Not and anymore. To, not well. I mean, there not is anymore. still. Listen, they're pursuing things that are obviously are going to hopefully bring them into the better graces of some investors. But there are plenty of ESG top-down strategies that say you can't invest in these. I just got to go back to something, Carl. You're telling me that a that a cancer stick company is saying that. They, while they cause cancer, they cause less cancer. Is that the deal? <laughs> By the way, guys, buy us. We cause less cancer. <laughs> there's a, there's it's, in the, it's in the pitch book. They're wow. trying to move to smoke just less free, cancer. They are. They're yeah. trying to move. Fewer people killed by us than others. There's something. You know, war, Philip Morris, Chevron. Yes, yes. Uh, take a look at futures this morning. We're going to watch to see if we can hang on to gains as we get closer to the opening bell. Curve continues to flatten. Uh, 230s, the lowest since August. Uh, claims were pretty good, though. 222, we were looking for 240. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. China setting the stage for the 737 MAX to fly again. And shares of Boeing are up almost uh, 4.6%. China was the first to ground the plane in March of 2019. Today, regulators instructed airlines on the needed changes, but the directive doesn't say when the MAX might return to the Chinese skies. Jim, you've been saying this is a very big thing for me. Yeah, my sources indicate that at Boeing, you're going to start seeing things fly. Uh, really, some very big orders from China pretty soon. and be flying in January, maybe February. Uh, this is why I've been owning the stock. They haven't gotten any big orders since 2017. Uh, this is a very big deal for Boeing because they're the largest buyer of planes. Now, David, I'm going to posit something to you. You've been to China. I have, yes, a number of times. Okay. Not in a while, though. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little. Nike, apparently sales are very strong in China. Okay. Starbucks, apparently things are very good in China. Okay. Apple, things are very good All in China. All companies that rely now, on China for, Boeing, uh, for an important now, percentage of their... News. Sales. So why don't we just put the, past, the pastiche, if not the mosaic, together and say that because the Olympics are coming up, we are they're besieging our companies with the orders, that everybody in America is getting the green light because they don't want to boycott. That's an interesting connection to make. I don't know if it's real or not, but it's interesting. Well, so you're saying well, the yeah, Chinese... Just making it up. Well, I mean, you've got to have consumer demand. They can't necessarily... What are they? I mean, you give the green light to everybody? Oh, Dave, go to Starbucks? While I mean, you were at Exxon, I worked on this theory for ages and said, this is what you do. You shoot me down. I'm just just questioning it. Good. I think that's right to question. It may be reflective of increased consumer demand. Calhoun wakes up and sees this. It's like, wow. Okay. And the orders are going to come. You may be putting a little too much faith in the Chinese government's ability to actually will its people to do things. Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, really? But there's zero tolerance? Go out and buy more Nikes? Go out and have more coffee from Starbucks? You know the Ministry of Sport has a deal with Nike. No, one thing. I mean, go out and buy more planes. You know they have a deal. Ministry of Sport has a deal with Nike. I'm actually not making that up. There is a ministry of sport, and they're doing. See what's going on with the tennis. Well, don't you think they're worried about boycotting? Well, how do you how do you see this? Listen, guys, they may be worried about an Olympic boycott. They may be. The Winter Olympics are coming up soon. I think that too many companies that have a lot of business in China. I've checked with Carl, and it does indicate that things have gotten better there. How about that? Better in China. Let's leave it at that. That would be good. I'm just as as you guys are talking, oil down sixty three seventy seven. Uh, as Russia uh, sort of the floats an idea right of an OPEC plus, plus cut. Wow. That's interesting because I was looking at the curve. The forward cur- the curve for oil has actually gotten a little bit better of, of late. And, and, you know, just take a look at that. We've got it uh, for uh, the Henry Hub. Not that long ago, it was, uh, it was going to 55 in November 26. It just jumped to 58. So uh, the longer term, it looks the demand's looking up. Yeah, wow. That's obviously twenty uh, percent plus off of the October wow. highs of eighty-four, maybe somewhere what, in that range. Did Jay Powell? You slipped him a note about that. Would he have still talked about the? It's funny. I, but why didn't he, you could we say did this? that SPR in conjunction? That did nothing. But, but this, then Omicron and this, and now suddenly. But I'm just saying that Jay. If, if I were Jay, lower. if I were Jay, I'd ask for do-over. <laughs> A do-over. Do-over. On what, his testimony? I just say, listen, you know, we're winning the war against inflation. Not unlike Gerald Ford. 
We're winning the war against inflation, but we're worried about supply chain interruption, which causes prices to go up. Right. A duo. Whip inflation now. Is that what you were referring to? I had to? a win. The old wind I wore button. Yeah. I wore a wind button every day to work. Did you? Every day. Wait, you were working in 1970? I had, I had work study. I was a poor kid. <laughs> it was child labor. I was poor kid. <laughs> I worked in a coal mine. I worked, I worked making cigarettes while I was debating whether to work for oil companies. <laughs> we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell on what's turning into an interesting Thursday uh, with that oil. <laughs> Oil drop. We'll see what impact it has on the overall markets. S&P futures have gone red. Don't go away. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get to a mad dash. A little less than seven minutes to go before we start trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Snowflake shares, I'm going to guess they're going to be up. Yes, in a miasma, a miasma of negativity, I want to report that Frank Slutin delivered a number that, frankly, is insanely good. Every single company's uh, estimate was vastly exceeded. Remember, you rent the uh, cloud here, uh, which, I, as I mentioned to you earlier, is different from rent the runway, which is you not rent, one of those ideas. You rent their data analytic yeah, capability and you get the in the capability. Cloud. Yeah, by the way, I've always felt that Splunk was very vulnerable to everything that Slootman did. Now, I, baby, we ask about Splunk uh, with Frank Slootman because he's on Tech Check, not Mad Money. Oh. So on Tech Check, just in case you wonder whether he was going to be on Mad Money. Right. Uh, and Frank has just a fantastic model. This is one of those IPOs that actually worked. It came around the same time as Airbnb and uh, DoorDash. And all of those worked. Yes. As opposed to all the new things. Yes. You're not wearing Allbirds, are you? No. Good, because you're sinking if you were. Uh, yeah, Allbirds had a, had a bad quarter. It is still above its IPO price, but not above the price that it traded on its first right. trade. Well, actually, when I yeah. tend to think of all these IPOs, I think about what price people paid who didn't get in the deal. Right. And that's a good point. Right. This one, I mean, I do recall, of course, when, we, when it did come public and it yeah. soared, we did talk about incredible valuation and multiple, but you oh, think no, it's, it's deserved. It's 100 times, yeah. 100 times sales. Do I think it's... 100 th- years worth of sales. Well, it's got, actually, it's going to have earnings. That's it is. Why it doesn't oh, happen yeah. yet, though. No, but it's actually on the verge of very big earnings breakout. Right. And I think that... And he, I mean, he's talking about enormous numbers in not in, that many years. There's a growth of, inflection point that's just extraordinary here. And everybody I know who's in the data business says, we got to go to Frank. Frank wrote a really good book, if you want to know what what he's done. And Frank is one of the smartest people ever made. He built ServiceNow into where yep. he then uh, you know, he gave it to Donahoe and then gave it to McDermott. ServiceNow, yeah. one of the largest companies in America. No, I know. Listen, he's one of those guys that you support completely. Well, he had a cot at the office. Right. I like that. Yeah. I like people who don't believe in having a life other than work. Because, you know, they often on your tombstone, he worked harder. 
Right. No, you, harder than you're, others. you really are going to regret not having spent more time at work, I think, unless yeah, you do. I, yeah. I like working with you. Yeah. And Carl, I'd rather be with you guys. I'm just, I'm just happy home. we're all. I'm just happy we're all together. Look, my wife doesn't even know I have a show now. I can say whatever I want. Like. Happy we're all together. I almost right. don't have cable. This is just a windfall for me. We've got no, I actually like home. <laughs> We've got an opening bell coming up. Don't forget, by the way. Yep, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. A lot more people telling me they listen to us oh, as no, a podcast. That's why I mentioned it when I said where you can get uh, Omicron. Where yeah. it's just your, I mean, I did that. I knew that no one from the podcast. They all have to tune in. All right, stay with us. We're back after this. Getting some uh, November sales data out of Ford today. Uh, total sales up 5.9, retail up 4.5. Uh, the F-Series, Jim, once again, the best-selling truck for the 45th year in a row. As uh, Wolf says, uh, maybe tougher times are ahead today. Yeah, but Wolf is also talking about how the, the stock is just up a great deal. This is Jim Farley, obviously. Numbers are great. Remember, they've got the F-150 next year to be lightning, going to be elect, uh, EV. Um, I understand the downgrade. That's a game that Wall Street plays. Stock's up big. Maybe you take it down. How do you get back in? You get back in at $18.38. If you want to play that game, good luck to you. That's a hedge fund game. Ford's up 130% year to date, and I'm sticking with it for my travel truck. Sticking with Ford. We're definitely going to watch the transports at large today. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board Harbor Capital Advisors celebrating the launch of the Harbor Disruptive Innovation ETF at the NASDAQ from Singapore. It's Grab, a ride-hailing and delivery provider celebrating its listing via SPAC. uh, We get some solid breath this morning. We mentioned Ford, Jim. Yesterday it was GM raising their guide. I thought the GM had good numbers. Mary Barr doing a terrific job. I do not understand why that stock is still selling at a remarkably low multiple given how how well she's doing. Uh, This stock is selling at eight times earnings. How is that possible? Mary Barr is delivering. Uh, now, I know the Hummer's uh, going to be $100,000 plus, and the line to get it is very big. But there's so many other good things that are going right at GM. I wonder whether my China theory extends to GM. I know it might be extending to Ford. The, this is the U.S. I know David was talking to me about how much of a command economy it is. I think that you can make, you, they can certainly make you feel like you're not in trouble if you go buy an Apple phone yeah, or, or a Lincoln. Have they ever made you feel like you're in trouble? I think so. An Apple phone? I think so. Well, I think no. they've favored various times another kind of phone. Yeah, well, they still have a lot of providers of phones in that country that are significantly right. have higher share there, certainly, than does Apple. Um, are you fascinated by the Lincolns, about, about how people, there are famous people who like Lincoln, Matthew McConaughey and Neil Young. Both are just huge Lincoln drivers. Well, Matthew McConaughey gets paid a lot of money, doesn't he, by GM to advertise? No, that's Ford. I mean Ford. Sorry. I don't know. Matthew McConaughey's, but he's a poet. I got to meet him once. I was just in awe of him, David. Look at this apple down five. Is he running what, for office? Who is it? Is he Cristiano. Cristiano, our sales are really weak. Please make fewer. Be, you know, I don't need as many dragonflies. Is that what's happening right now? All right. I think right. My, my hey, big Liam Griffin, so we have way too. We have five dollars. I, I think he is doubtful of the uh, yes. the story that Apple. Oh, as a meme, though, I kind of like it. Yeah. The, stock, don't you, the stock is up very, very big. So it's perfectly realistic that Skyworks could be down four on this story since they would be the alleged source, most likely, and they're not. Hey, Jim, uh, for a morning where Merkel is talking about mandatory vaccinations, uh, the White House is looking at extending mask mandates for trains and buses. Some of these travel names are holding in this morning. Isn't it something? And 
I, you know, that's the, one of the conundrums of this is that you have the, the stocks that are vaccine stocks uh, that are going down and these are going up. People must think that Omicron, that, look, we get another case. We get a second case, which would be a very increased, big increase from one to seven. Percentage-wise, all those will be down. So people who are buying those stocks right now, and I happen to like United, people who are buying you better steal yourself for more Omicron because you can't just get one, okay? You can't because it is so, I don't know if, I, if you've seen the South African numbers of the ramp, of how much well, faster it is than Delta, it's parabolic That's why ramp. it's so confusing. The Times piece today, the first patient in Israel who got it had many contacts only one of those has tested positive since. And we and we still and apparently that's the same thing on the Netherlands plane that people who got, people who didn't have it. I, I, but it's very we, you know, we, but we have no one and we also don't know in terms of symptoms and we right. don't really know about exactly what the vaccine's effectiveness is. We now have one we week. Gotta wait. We have one week of Netherlands bit. data and you know we have nothing. Right. They've not published anything there. But what is that about? I don't know. He gets I'm waiting. I'm waiting like everybody else, but obviously the capital the markets Nas- the go Nasdaq on, not and investors try to make their decisions. I just based urge on people, anecdotal right. evidence that we see all over the place. The S&P oscillator I follow, which is, is Moderna down CEO going to be the outlier? Is that going to be the Ben Selden man who scared us all? Yes, the, the I like him. Though. The S and P oscillator that I follow is the most oversold it's been in many many months. What's minus seven? Typically, if it's anything below minus five, you should buy it. It's minus seven, which means you shouldn't be selling here. Uh, certainly, but at the same time, I recognize if we get another victim, then there'll be another wave of selling. Meanwhile, Kroger is going to lead us today wow. as they, as gross margins were a little light, but comps were ahead and they raised the guide on comps. I thought that was a terrific number, especially because given the fact that people were lamenting the fact that Costco missed by a percent and a half. Uh, sellers in Costco, of course, down eight. Good opportunity down another 20. Try to get in and out of that one. I, I look forward. Uh, I think Sarah has uh, Kroger to Sarah and Wolf and uh, Rodney will give, I think Rodney's reinventing the company. It's finally working. I shouldn't say finally, it's been good. Remember, uh, Warren Buffett bought a ton of it in the 20s. Uh, it's hard to do, difficult yeah. business, which is why, is there a call on Uber today? I was looking through your oh, notes, yeah. Jim, yeah. as Uber. we keep our eye on delivery. Oh, I thought the Uber call was funny. UBS. Yeah, UBS Uber call. This is if you get, if you're a member of the investment club, you get this memo that I've been putting out for the last 10 years called what, what I am looking at. And I tend to add a little, uh, I, I always add a little uh, kind of an improvement on the situation. UBS is using an $80 price target for Uber. And I suggested that perhaps they should start, you start with a, <laughs> with a $60 price target. Why make it a double right off the bat? <laughs> Why not just use a fi- I was going to write 58, but then I said people think that I'm being so facetious. But I do do. David, I do this thing. It's called What I'm Looking At. I know you haven't looked at it, but it's called What I'm Looking <laughs> look at. at. In 10 every- years, have you looked at it? Yes, I look at it almost every day. But I send this there to club members, and it's hilarious at times, too. I have the uh, Apple data. I did not have the phone calls that are now being made by the CEOs of these suppliers saying, uh, okay, I'll cut all my orders, Tim, because things are weak. Not true. But I, I went with the J.P. Morgan cold versus pneumonia. If only just because that's the Pollyanna view that I want to believe. That's the Hatziest number four view. The uh, Goldman yep. fellow. Yep. No? Yes, Jan Hatziest, yes. Jan Chief economist, Goldman. Very smart guy. Yes. Yep. Do you remember when um, Trump said the, in uh, February of 26 of 2020 that COVID was contained? Dow was at 27,000. One month later, it was at 18,000. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, I'm saying that's what, if people are selling now, you got to recognize that it, if you're selling and you're down that much, like the people who are selling a lot of the payment stocks, 
they're selling like that's going to happen. Well, the payment stocks have had an issue of their own long before we heard about Omicron. Uh, by the way, they're doing pretty well. The legacy credit card shares are doing well today. In the face really? of uh, Square changing its name to Block, uh, delaying Afterpay, delaying the vote as the Bank of Spain, I guess, is the big holdout here, right? Yeah. You know what? I, one of the things I really love about Square, as opposed to, by the way, about Twitter's, Amrita Ahuja came on. She's the CFO. Remember, Jack won't do TV. Or maybe he'll start doing it now. I don't know. But Jack, Jack Dorsey was speaking of. Uh, he would not come on for Square, so I had Amrita Ahuja. They are so pro-crypto there. They want to be, be the crypto. And a lot of us want them to be crypto because of the problem that we have where we're earning 8% on our money and we can't figure out how. Square, I asked Square to be our bank because JP Morgan would not be my bank for yeah. Ethereum. Yeah. Trying to get Square to be my bank. I think Jack Dorsey, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't become the bank of crypto. And that would be fabulous because a lot of us want some outfit that we've heard of running this. I'm pro-Jack right now. You're pro-Jack? I'm pro-Jack. Okay. Twitter shares. I was, I was telling him to hit the road last week. On I know. Twitter. Well, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, although Twitter shares did not. After that was Brett Taylor we, week, remember? Yeah. Brett Taylor. Well, yeah. You were surprised he was on even on the board. Brett. Yeah, and then he became chairman. <laughs> and then he became chairman. That happened quick. And then co-CEO. Imagine that. He's chairman of Twitter on one day, and then he's co-CEO of Salesforce. I mean, this guy, what else are you going to do? What's the triple play? What's the triple crown I, there? I don't know what comes next. But, let's uh, see. Let's he's, think about it. going to be a busy the, man. Be the triple hey, crown? look. Shares of Salesforce are up a little bit there, Jim. Holy cow. Yeah. I have a, I have a note. Says, you open up. It says, in the event of nuclear war by Salesforce. That's um, how much people hated it yesterday. Guys, I haven't talked about SPACs in a long time. Oh, um, you, you work? No, I'm going. No, I'm not going to WeWork. I'm going to, to ooh, Tumbling Fertitta. You saw this. Remember, they are mergers as well at heart, right? We talk about them as an alternative way for companies to go public, and that is true. But there is a merger agreement, and in this case, Fertitta Entertainment, you know, the the, uh, the gaming, sure. the restaurants, yeah. um, it's doing really well. I think as much as I'm hearing $900 million in EBITDA, uh, and you know what? It wants out of its deal to go public through its back. It doesn't want to be public anymore. And so uh, there he is. Uh, Tillman basically they said the letter. They let their uh, their former partner, of course, uh, Fast Merger uh, Corp, a Texas corporation, know that, hey, we're out. We're out. We, uh, pursuant to uh, uh, Section 10.02, the merger agreement, we're out. Uh, and um, we'll see you later. We want to stay a private company. That said, um, the SPAC in question says, no, you can't do that. That's invalid, unenforceable, of no legal force in effect, and we're rejecting your, your exit. So FTX, which we're talking about here, is going to end up, obviously, is going to end up uh, in uh, FST, excuse me, is the symbol. Uh, it's going to end up, uh, one would expect, in court or some sort of settlement. But interesting, there's been such a rebound in the businesses. Remember, wow. early days of the pandemic, which you were just referencing there, right. when we were, there were a lot of questions about, in general, about those companies, Landry's, all of them, which relied on people coming in the door, uh, they have rebounded dramatically. And now so much so that uh, they're like, well, we're not interested wow. in going public anymore. We're taking too long is what I'm hearing. That's With the various approvals, member gaming, of course, you need a lot of different approvals. And it's simply uh, uh, taking too uh, long. Uh, I'm kind of shocked at that. Um, but they'll end up in court, I would assume, trying to figure this out. You mentioned gaming. Um, we do have MLB owners locking out uh, players setting up the first work stoppage in, uh, well, since 95. I wonder, I mean, DKNG's up a little bit, but it did hit a year and a half low earlier this morning. Yeah, DK, look, that group is under a lot of pressure because of 
but people have to understand the way these companies work. It's customer acquisition and new states. That's what they need. There's two things that determine how well they do. Uh, they need more states that approve gambling, and they need better customer acquisition at a lower price. And I think that a lot of these companies are spending too much money right now to get customers. It's not sustainable, but in some cases, I think that you'd have a DraftKings which has more money. Jason Robbins, very shrewd operator, say, listen, I'll take the hit to drive others out. I think it's interesting. Yeah, well, you pointed that out, though. They do spend an an awful lot on customer acquisition. Right. And then there's been the question of do they need even more scale? Yes. Uh, and we know like they Arizona, tried. they got a lot so in a very short time. You, they did try and maintain to gain global scale to a certain extent. MGM right. as well was excited about the prospects there because they would have been able to take control of the partnership they have with Entain here in the States. Right. Didn't happen. Uh, but I would assume that they continue to look for those opportunities, although it's hard to do a deal if you're going to try and use your own stock price when it's looking like that. And uh, just a tremendous amount of insider buying at DraftKings. And you could argue that so far they're down a lot, but can't flip uh, when you buy. Insiders can't just flip. But mm-hmm. I, look, I think that this is a war where there's only going to be a couple of winners. FanDuel, by far, has the biggest market share, by far. And everyone's trying to come after FanDuel. And DraftKings is the only one I think is really making good headway. Penn National is very small. People think Penn National, because uh, Dave Portnoy is doing a great job at Penn National, but they're just not a big player. Right. Uh, we would we would obviously keep our eyes on uh, potential impact on sports television. Disney yesterday got to 142, as they now have a new chair, uh, Jim, uh, replacing Bob Iger. Uh, I know. It's going to be Susan Arnold. My travel trust, I've talked about some of the winners. My travel trust owns Disney, and obviously Omicron, terrible news for them. But I think the change at the top is somewhat expected. Um, yeah, Bob completely Iger expected. Iger, of course, is a bit... A, I mean, yeah. will step down as the company's chairman, as had been uh, detailed quite some time right. ago when he actually stepped aside as, uh, as the company. What are you hearing CEO. on, um, on And Disney. JPEG is running the company. Right. What are you um, hearing about Disney Plus, which is what everyone's so angry about, upset about? Well, I mean, the sub-numbers addition slowed down, but the target didn't, the longer-term target right. for, what is it, 230 million that, subs? And that's I, what I, think, I thought. I think there's but, many people who don't doubt that they will be able to achieve that, but I, perhaps not what, in quite the same time frame. That's why frame. I bought the stock from my trust. Obviously, that was mistaken. I thought that well, because they didn't lower the long-term, and then that people would be more forgiving. And whether they need to somehow broaden the service. They need more gambling. Does it appeal to enough people at this point to be able to reach that? That's a question. You know, Malone raised it a, a little bit in the interview that we did a couple of weeks back. Others have. Right. I wish they had bought um, Unity, John Riccatello's company, because they have Avatar, uh, Peter Jackson, you need really beautiful characters in the Omniverse. You can't have the Zuckerberg cartoon characters. You need really beautiful characters, which means you're going to need John Riccatello's tools. That Unity was just a terrific buy that he bought uh, Weta. But uh, it is important to point out that uh, the amazing interview with Kathy Wood yesterday by Sarah, that she owns uh, 4%, an aggregate, I believe, of Unity, and she's been dumping it which is why it really didn't matter what, what the heck Riccatello said on my yeah. show. Kathy Wood being the arbiter of whole stocks, when she buys it, they go up, or they, well, she, them. she has a floor. Uh, well, not not DraftKings, not Twitter, maybe a floor there. Maybe. Second floor, maybe. First floor, <laughs> uh, remarkable opening here with breath so solid, all sectors green, and yet the VIX near 30. Let's get Isn't to Bob something? Bassani. Hey, Bob. That, that is a sign of how 
volatile the market and just how on edge everybody is. I mean, look, we were crazy in the pre-open. It was all over the place because nobody can quite figure out what's the right narrative for Omicron and what's the right way to look at Jay's, Jay Powell's apparent about face on volatility. We're not going to know for a couple of weeks, and I think you're going to keep seeing this volatility. But take a look uh, at uh, the sectors today here. So it's nice to see a little bank in the little bounce in the value groups, banks, industrials, uh, even energy, uh, which started negative, of doing a little better. Uh, tech is flattish because of Apple, largely, and some of the semiconductors. But nice, good to see a little bounce in value. Uh, Jim was talking about oversold conditions. The market is very oversold, particularly in many parts. What does that mean, oversold, overbought? Let me show you the Russell 2000. That's oversold. Three weeks in a row, the Russell 2000 straight down. And we're down, uh, well, we're bouncing a little today, but down 12, 13, 14 percent in three weeks. That's a lot. Uh, and this is before Omicron. This was happening as we were going into these new waves of, of Delta over in Europe uh, and Asia. Uh, even the Russell 2000 on, on the value sector of the Russell, uh, excuse me, of the Dow Industrials also has essentially been down three weeks uh, in a row. The trend has been down on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Put that up there. You see that. Uh, that we're talking 7% maybe off of the highs. But you can see where the market has been going. And that's what we're talking about. And Jim talks about when he says oversold. So uh, laggards today, yeah, it's mostly tech stocks. you got chips like uh, Micron. you got the Apple uh, down uh, a bit. Uh, and you got uh, energy was initially down. It's bounced very quickly in the last uh, 15 minutes or so. The Apple story, I'm totally with, with Jim on, on this. Dan Ives is the axe over at Wedbush. We've all been following him for many, many years. He says iPhones, uh, his checks is going to be robust in the holiday. He's talking about 40 million iPhones during the holiday season. We know Dan Ives for many, many years. I'd go with him on that, and I agree with Jim. But wouldn't it be nice, with all that said about Apple, wouldn't it be nice to see a little bit of a bounce in the value sectors today? They've gotten clobbered, some of these stocks. Uh, and here, this is nice to see. Boeing's bouncing. Bank of America, J.P. Morgan. This is all value, by the way. Walt Disney's finally bouncing. Bouncing. Johnson & Johnson can't get out of its way for months. It's finally bouncing as well, too. This would be nice to see a little bit of rotation going into this group. The, the market has, parts of the market's really been trashed in the last couple of months, particularly the value sector of the market. There's huge, remember the market used to move together? Not anymore. There's big dispersion. Look at this in two months here. Microsoft's up 17, Apple's up 16. Disney's down 16. Boeing's down 14. There, there's a 30 percentage point spread between Microsoft and Apple and Disney at Boeing and almost American Express. Is that a little, a lot, 30 percentage points? Yes, that's a lot. This, well, absent an individual stock story, that's an enormous dispersion for mega big cap stocks in a two-month period. That's what I'm talking about. The market's moving in different directions. It's almost we have two different markets. Wouldn't it be nice to see a little bit of a bounce in, in value? I don't know if we're going to get that because of all of the uncertainty that we've got out there. If you want to look at it on a bigger level, growth versus value, okay, S&P growth's up 9%, Carl. Value is essentially flat. Doesn't really capture the story. I showed you the value versus growth individual stocks. There's some amazing moves uh, in either direction. But until we get a little more news, and I think it's the December 15th Fed meeting where we'll have more news on Omicron and the, the, the virus uh, and its transmissibility and its effect on uh, on uh, vaccines, and finally, of course, a little more clarity from Jay Powell on December 15th. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks. We'll see you in a little bit, uh, Bob Bassani. As we go to break, uh, Dow's up about 370 here. Take a look at bonds and treasuries this morning as the curve. It's all about 2s, 30s. Two-year, almost 60 basis points. 
the long bond 175, uh, the lowest since August on that spread. With more Fed speak on the way today, Bostic, Quarles, Barkin, and Daly. We'll be right back. Quick reminder here, you can always get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash investing club or use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you straight there. Uh, Dow's up 440 and we're back above 4550 on the S&P. Don't go anywhere. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Carl, I probably buy about three or four Binax now uh, tests every single week. Uh, and there are a lot of people who are upset because the stock has been on a tear, the Abbott. Uh, and I want to point out they took no government money or investments. Uh, the produced Binex now here, not in China. Uh, they've never raised the price. Retailers do take a cut. And I, the government spent billions on testing. Why don't we just do what they do in Britain? Just write a check to Abbott Labs, uh, the government, like they do in Britain, and just give them to everybody. I don't know why we're all paying 14 50 The government should be buying these. So uh, people may be upset with Abbott, but all I can tell you is, is they got the best product and it's, it's the government's fault. It's not Abbott's fault. They've not raised the price, even though the labor costs have gone up. So it's been a big win for my trust. And you can say, well, Jim, you're talking your own book. And I will say, no, I wish I didn't have to pay so much. But that's because the government doesn't buy them for free like we right. do. I used to get the U.K. ones and I ran out of them. They were giving them away like there was like years. Yeah. Not in our country. We're now in the mode of like, you know, what's you going to get it reimbursed for this or that and what's free? They and, just got the government yeah. started reimbursed. Would it just be so much easier for the government to just, just say, listen, Abbott, we'll take everyone that you make and then give them to people so that there's no confusion. But they're not doing that. Again, I, I love the way the market's bouncing because it's so oversold. I just want the buyers to recognize that if there is another one, you're probably going to have to buy more lower. But the, we're really oversold. And again, on the Abbott, on the Apple, um, I haven't gotten any calls from any. <laughs> David, did you get a call from a supplier saying, <laughs> I can't this. believe I'm so long Not yet. Uh, base yeah, chips? Yeah. For, yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, tonight, oh, uh, CrowdStrike and Sig? Signet, yeah. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Signet is, uh, it's down, even though it's been blowing numbers away forever. And I just think that that may be your opportunity. This is, uh, every kiss begins with favor. Uh, and also, um, he missed sale. It. He's busy. I just made a joke. I missed it. <laughs> I just flew back from LA. Boy, my arms oh. tired. Oh, that's a good one. Is that Henny Youngman? <laughs> yes. Okay. She well, put that one, but not. Yeah, we got that one. See you tonight. Mad Money, <laughs> 6 o'clock Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.